Section 29 of Light Science for Leisure Hours. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Light Science for Leisure Hours by Richard A. Proctor. Betting on Horse Races, or The State of the Odds. There appears every day in the newspapers an account of the betting on the principal forthcoming races. The betting on such races as the 2,000 guineas, the Derby, and the Oaks often begins more than a year before the races are run, and during the interval the odds laid against the different horses engaged in them vary repeatedly, in accordance with the reported progress of the animals in their training, or with what is learned respecting the intentions of their owners. Many who do not bet themselves find an interest in watching the varying fortunes of the horses which are held by the initiated to be leading favorites, or to fall into the second rank, or merely to have an outside chance of success. It is amusing to notice, too, how frequently the final state of the odds is falsified by the event, how some rank outsider will run into the first place, while the leading favorites are not even placed. It is in reality a simple matter to understand the betting on races or contests of any kind, yet it is astonishing how seldom those who do not actually bet upon races have any inkling of the meaning of those mysterious columns which indicate the opinion of the betting world respecting the probable results of approaching contests, equine or otherwise. Let us take a few simple cases of odds to begin with, and, having mastered the elements of our subject, proceed to see how cases of greater complexity are to be dealt with. Suppose the newspapers inform us that the betting is two to one against a certain horse for such and such a race. What inference are we to deduce? To learn this, let us conceive a case in which the true odds against a certain event are as two to one. Suppose there are three balls in a bag, one being white, the others black. Then, if we draw a ball at random, it is clear that we are twice as likely to draw a black as to draw a white ball. This is technically expressed by saying that the odds are two to one against drawing a white ball, or two to one on, that is, in favor of, drawing a black ball. This being understood, it follows that, when the odds are said to be two to one against a certain horse, we are to infer that, in the opinion of those who have studied the performance of the horse, and compared it with that of the other horses engaged in the race, his chance of winning is equivalent to the chance of drawing one particular ball out of a bag of three balls. Observe how this result is obtained. The odds are two to one, and the chance of the horse is as that of drawing one ball out of a bag of three, three being the sum of the two numbers two and one. This is the method followed in all such cases. Thus, if the odds against a horse are seven to one, we infer that the cognoscenti consider his chance equal to that of drawing one particular ball out of a bag of eight. A similar treatment applies when the odds are not given as so many to one. Thus, 
if the odds against a horse are as five to two we infer that the horse's chance is equal to that of drawing a white ball out of a bag containing five black and two white balls or seven in all we must notice also that the number of balls may be increased to any extent provided the proportion between the total number and the number of a specified color remains unchanged thus if the odds are five to one against a horse his chance is assumed to be equivalent to that of drawing one white ball out of a bag containing six balls only one of which is white or to that of drawing a white ball out of a bag containing sixty balls of which ten are white and so on this is a very important principle as we shall now see suppose there are two horses amongst others engaged in a race and that the odds are two to one against one and four to one against the other what are the odds that one of the two horses will win the race this case will doubtless remind my readers of an amusing sketch by leech called if i remember rightly signs of the commission three or four undergraduates are at a wine discussing matters equine one propounds to his neighbor the following question i say charlie if the odds are two to one against rataplan and four to one against quick march what's the betting about the pair don't know i'm sure replies charlie but i'll give you six to one against them the absurdity of the reply is of course very obvious we see at once that the odds cannot be heavier against a pair of horses than against either singly still there are many who would not find it easy to give a correct reply to the question what has been said above however will enable us at once to determine the just odds in this or any similar case thus the odds against one horse being two to one his chance of winning is equal to that of drawing one white ball out of a bag of three one only of which is white in like manner the chance of the second horse is equal to that of drawing one white ball out of a bag of five one only of which is white now we have to find a number which is a multiple of both the numbers three and five fifteen is such a number the chance of the first horse modified according to the principle explained above is equal to that of drawing a white ball out of a bag of fifteen of which five are white in like manner the chance of the second is equal to that of drawing a white ball out of a bag of fifteen of which three are white therefore the chance that one of the two will win is equal to that of drawing a white ball out of a bag of fifteen balls of which eight five added to three are white there remain seven black balls and therefore the odds are eight to seven on the pair to impress the method of treating such cases on the mind of the reader let us take the betting about three horses say three to one seven to two and nine to one against the three horses respectively then their respective chances are equal to the chance of drawing one one white ball out of four one only of which is white two a white ball out of nine of which 
two only are white and three one white ball out of ten one only of which is white the least number which contains four nine and ten is one hundred eighty and the above chances modified according to the principle explained above become equal to the chance of drawing a white ball out of a bag containing one hundred eighty balls when forty-five forty and eighteen respectively are white therefore the chance that one of the three will win is equal to that of drawing a white ball out of a bag containing one hundred eighty balls of which one hundred and three the sum of forty-five forty and eighteen are white therefore the odds are one hundred and three to seventy-seven on the three one does not hear in practice of such odds as one hundred three to seventy-seven but betting men whether or not they apply just principles of computation to such questions is unknown to me manage to run very near the truth for instance in such a case as the above the odds on the three would probably be given as four to three that is instead of one hundred three to seventy seven or four hundred twelve to three hundred eight the published odds would be equivalent to four hundred twelve to three hundred nine and here a certain nicety in betting has to be mentioned in running the eye down the list of odds one will often meet such expressions as ten to one against a horse offered or ten to one wanted now the odds of ten to one taken may be understood to imply that the horse's chance is equivalent to that of drawing a certain ball out of a bag of eleven but if the odds are offered and not taken we cannot infer this the offering of the odds implies that the horse's chance is not better than that above mentioned but the fact that they are not taken implies that the horse's chance is not so good if no higher odds are offered against the horse we may infer that his chance is very little worse than that mentioned above similarly if the odds of ten to one are asked for we infer that the horse's chance is not worse than that of drawing one ball out of eleven if the odds are not obtained we infer that his chance is better and if no lower odds are asked for we infer that his chance is very little better thus there might be three horses a b and c against whom the nominal odds were ten to one and yet these horses might not be equally good favorites because the odds might not be taken or might be asked for in vain we might accordingly find three such horses arranged thus odds a ten to one wanted b ten to one taken c ten to one offered or these different stages might mark the upward or downward progress of the same horse in the betting in fact there are yet more delicate gradations marked by such expressions respecting certain odds as offered freely offered offered and taken meaning that some offers only have been accepted taken taken and wanted wanted and so on 
as an illustration of some of the principles i have been considering let us take from the day's paper the state of the odds respecting the two thousand guineas it is presented in the following form two thousand guineas seven to two against rosicrucian offered six to one against pace offered seven to one wanted ten to one against green sleeve offered one hundred to seven against blue gown offered one hundred eighty to eighty against sir j hawley's lot taken this table is interpreted thus betters are willing to lay the same odds against rosicrucian as would be the true mathematical odds against drawing a white ball out of a bag containing two white and seven black balls but no one is willing to back the horse at this rate on the other hand higher odds are not offered against him hence it is presumable that his chance is somewhat less than that above indicated again betters are willing to lay the same odds against pace as might fairly be laid against drawing one white ball out of a bag of seven one only of which is white but backers of the horse consider that they ought to get the same odds as might be fairly laid against drawing the white ball when an additional black ball had been put into the bag as respects green sleeve and blue gown betters are willing to lay the odds which there would be respectively against drawing a white ball out of a bag containing one eleven balls one only of which is white and two one hundred and seven balls seven only of which are white now the three horses rosicrucian green sleeve and blue gown all belong to sir joseph hawley so that the odds about the three are referred to in the last statement of the list just given and since none of the offers against the three horses have been taken we may expect the odds actually taken about sir joseph hawley's lot to be more favourable than those obtained by summing up the three former in the manner we have already examined it will be found that the resulting odds offered against sir j hawley's lot estimated in this way should be as nearly as possible one hundred thirty two to eighty we find however that the odds taken are one hundred eighty to eighty hence we learn that the offers against some or all of the three horses are considerably short of what backers require or else that some person has been induced to offer far heavier odds against sir j hawley's lot than are justified by the fair odds against his horses severally i have heard it asked why a horse is said to be a favorite though the odds may be against him this is very easily explained let us take as an illustration the case of a race in which four horses are engaged to run if all these horses had an equal chance of winning it is very clear that the case would correspond to that of a bag containing four balls of different colors since in this case we should have an equal chance of drawing a ball of any assigned color now the odds against drawing a particular ball would clearly be three to one this then should be the betting against each of the three horses 
if any one of the horses has less odds offered against him he is a favorite there may be more than one of the four horses thus distinguished and in that case the horse against which the least odds are offered is the first favorite let us suppose there are two favorites and that the odds against the leading favorite are three to two those against the other two to one and those against the best non-favorite four to one and let us compare the chances of the four horses i have not named any odds against the fourth because if the odds against all the horses but one are given the just odds against that one are determinable as we shall see immediately the chance of the leading favorite corresponds to the chance of drawing a ball out of a bag in which are three black and two white balls five in all that of the next to the chance of drawing a ball out of a bag in which are two black and one white ball three in all that of the third to the chance of drawing a ball out of a bag in which are four black balls and one white one five in all we take then the least number containing both five and three that is fifteen and then the number of white balls corresponding to the chances of the three horses are respectively six five and three or fourteen in all leaving only one to represent the chance of the fourth horse against which the odds are therefore fourteen to one hence the chances of the four horses are respectively as the numbers six five three and one i have spoken above of the published odds the statements made in the daily papers commonly refer to wagers actually made and therefore the uninitiated might suppose that everyone who tried would be able to obtain the same odds this is not the case the wagers which are laid between practiced betting men afford very little indication of the prices which would be forced so to speak upon an inexperienced better bookmakers that is men who make a series of bets upon several or all of the horses engaged in a race naturally seek to give less favorable terms than the known chances of the different horses engaged would suffice to warrant as they cannot offer such terms to the initiated they offer them and in general success fully to the inexperienced it is often said that a man may so lay his wagers about a race as to make sure of gaining money whichever horse wins the race this is not strictly the case it is of course possible to make sure of winning if the better can only get persons to lay or take the odds he requires to the amount he requires but this is precisely the problem which would remain insoluble if all betters were equally experienced suppose for instance that there are three horses engaged in a race with equal chances of success it is readily shown that the odds are two to one against each but if a bettor can get a person to take even betting against the first horse a a second person to do the like about the second horse b and a third to do the like about the third horse c and if all these bets are made to the same amount say one thousand then inasmuch as only one horse can win the better loses one thousand on that horse say a 
and gains the same sum on each of the two horses b and c thus on the whole he gains one thousand the sum laid out against each horse if the layer of the odds had laid the true odds to the same amount on each horse he would neither have gained nor lost suppose for instance that he laid one thousand to five hundred against each horse and a won then he would have to pay one thousand to the backer of a and to receive five hundred from each of the backers of b and c in like manner a person who had backed each horse to the same extent would neither lose nor gain by the event nor would a backer or layer who had wagered different sums necessarily gain or lose by the race he would gain or lose according to the event this will at once be seen on trial let us next take the case of horses with unequal prospects of success for instance take the case of the four horses considered above against which the odds were respectively three to two two to one four to one and fourteen to one here suppose the same sum laid against each and for convenience let this sum be eighty-four because eighty-four contains the numbers three two four and fourteen the layer of the odds wagers eighty-four to fifty-six against the leading favorite eighty-four to forty-two against the second horse eighty-four to twenty-one against the third and eighty-four to six against the fourth whichever horse wins the layer has to pay eighty-four but if the favorite wins he receives only forty-two on one horse twenty-one on another and six on the third that is sixty-nine in all so that he loses fifteen if the second horse wins he has to receive fifty-six twenty-one and six or eighty-three in all so that he loses one if the third horse wins he receives fifty-six forty-two and six or one hundred four in all and thus gains twenty and lastly if the fourth horse wins he has to receive fifty-six forty-two and twenty-one or one hundred nineteen in all so that he gains thirty-five he clearly risks much less than he has a chance however small of gaining it is also clear that in all such cases the worst event for the layer of the odds is that the favorite should win accordingly as professional bookmakers are nearly always layers of odds one often finds the success of a favorite spoken of in the papers as a great blow for the bookmakers while the success of a rank outsider will be described as a misfortune to backers but there is another circumstance which tends to make the success of a favorite a blow to layers of the odds and vice versa in the case we have supposed the money actually pending about the four horses that is the sum of the amount laid for and against them was one hundred forty as respects the favorite one twenty six as respects the second one hundred five as respects the third and ninety as respects the fourth but as a matter of fact the amounts pending about the favorites bear always a much greater proportion 
than the above to the amounts pending about outsiders. It is easy to see the effect of this. Suppose, for instance, that instead of the sums 84 to 56, 84 to 42, 84 to 21, and 84 to 6, a bookmaker has laid 8400 to 5600, 840 to 420, 84 to 21, and 14 to 1, respectively, then it will easily be seen that he would lose 7,958 by the success of the favorite, whereas he would gain 4,782 by the success of the second horse, 5,937 by that of the third, and 6,027 by that of the fourth. I have taken this as an extreme case. As a general rule, there is not so great a disparity as has been here assumed between the sums pending on favorites and outsiders. Finally, it may be asked whether, in the case of horses having unequal chances, it is possible that wagers can be so proportioned, just odds being given and taken, that, as in the former case, a person backing or laying against all the four shall neither gain nor lose. It is so. All that is necessary is that the sum actually pending about each horse shall be the same. Thus, in the preceding case, if the wagers 9 to 6, 10 to 5, 12 to 3, and 14 to 1 are either laid or taken by the same person, he will neither gain nor lose by the event, whatever it may be. And, therefore, if unfair odds are laid or taken about all the horses, in such a manner that the amounts pending on the several horses are equal or nearly so, the unfair better must win by the result. Say, for instance, that instead of the above odds, he lays eight to six, nine to five, eleven to three, and thirteen to one against the four horses respectively. It will be found that he must win one. Or, if he takes the odds eighteen to eleven, twenty to nine, twenty-four to five, and twenty-eight to one, the just odds being 18 to 12, 20 to 10, 24 to 6, and 28 to 2, respectively, he will win one by the race. So that by giving or taking such odds to a sufficiently great amount, a better would be certain of pocketing a large sum whatever the event of a given race might be. In every instance, a man who bets on a race must risk his money, unless he can succeed in taking unfair advantages over those with whom he bets. My readers will conceive how small must be the chance that an unpractised better will gain anything but dearly bought experience by speculating on horse races. I would recommend those who are tempted to hold another opinion to follow the plan suggested by Thackeray in a similar case, to take a good look at professional and practised betting men and to decide which of those men they are most likely to get the better of in turf transactions. From Chambers' Journal, July 1869 End of Section 29 Recording by Linda Johnson